was riding number nine Heading south from Carolina I heard that long wife wow Some whistle blow Warning, this radio show contains strong language Excessive use of alcohol and tobacco products A whole lot of bullshit and nudity we here at WBWalker.com are not responsible for any lewd behavior, recklessness, illegal acts, or unwanted pregnancies. Directly caused by listening to this radio show. Viewer discretion is advised. Sunday service. Sunday service. Got some fried chicken, some kraut wieners, some egg rolls. We got it all. But it means the world to me, like I said, that y'all get to experience this with us because this is a, something special. Anytime these girls get down here, it means the world to me. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure once again to welcome back to Dingus, two sisters of mine, the local honeys for you. Sunday service down in Dingus, West Virginia. Wouldn't be complete without fried chicken, and we got it, so we're complete. And white claw. And white claw. <laughs> it's, our, it's our communion this time. We'll do you a song. Well, come on in. song that comes out of Pike County, Kentucky. <coughs> it was written by Molly O'Day. That was her stage name. 
She wrote hundreds of songs and was a great entertainer and really paved the way for a lot of women, for, um, for women like Loretta Lynn. She kind of carved a path. This is one of the gospel songs she wrote. It's called I'm Going Home on the Morning Train. We'll do it for our, our favorite conductor. Yeah, I was born in Pike County, Kentucky. So Were you? I wouldn't tell people that. Sacred music? Is, secu- is secular music allowed in this <laughs> service? I say this with a beer in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> you can play whatever the hell you want. <laughs> no in your mind. <laughs> you want to do um, Silver Mountain? Yep. This is, a, this is a song that comes from a lady named Helen Cockrum, and she was from southwest Virginia. Smithsonian was going around and recording folks and they they recorded her singing this song and there's no other recordings of her anywhere and I always find it kind of fascinating when people are given that one chance to you know showcase something or present something and the thing that they must have chosen must have been something kind of important to them and I don't know if she'd maybe written this or somebody had written it in her family or 
but it's called the Silver Mountain Pinnacle Mine. Secret stuff. Man, you're a creep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I went follow him one day. And he, and, he and it was like follow. People he follows, and it's like Linda Dean Montana local honeys. I was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we play uh, at the Burl in Lexington all the time, and so Norman Reedus uh, or uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead, I think is what Darryl. most people know Daryl uh, know him as now. Daryl's brother. Yeah, Merle's brother. I'm glad you broke that down because I didn't know who that was. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, so we play there all the time. We've been playing there since it opened. And uh, he has a travel show that's on AMC. And it's called Ride. And he basically just gets on a motorcycle, has some sort of, like, celebrity guest. And then they go and tour this little area and, and hit all the highlights. And so he apparently um, had said that he wanted to come to Kentucky, but he didn't want to do um, the bourbon and bluegrass and horses and horse racing. He didn't want just that that representation of Kentucky. He wanted to get a little bit more. And so um, one of the biggest things he wanted, he wanted to do that, but he also wanted to do, like, um, coal country. 
and he so he and he wanted to do the the music scene in Kentucky. So he they knew they want he wanted to come to the Burl because it's kind of a hub in Lexington. And um, they asked the Burl. They were like, "Do you know anybody who could do um, like a lot of cold songs?" And thank God the Burl was like, "I think I know." And then they contacted us, and we were like, "We're your girls." And um, so when this happened, we were on tour in Ireland, and we were in Northern Ireland staying at some people's house, and they contacted us, and we they wanted to FaceTime us, and so we sat there, and we were like, hi, and we FaceTimed with these girls in New York, and they were the producers, and I said, so what's your trip like? You know, what do you got routed out? Because I was like, that's cool that you want to do coal country and stuff like that, and, um... I said, what's your trip like? So they said, they're going to do, go to Louisville and do the derby and stuff like that. And then they're going to come to Lexington and do the burl and the music and bourbon. And then they said, I said, well, where are you going for coal country? And uh, they said, well, there's this little town in eastern Kentucky called Beattyville. Have you ever heard of it? I said, you've got to be shitting me. That is my hometown. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's tiny. And I said, and uh, that's my hometown. That's where I was born and raised. And... Um, it ain't a coal mine in town. And I just, I told him flat out, I was like, you know, it, like oil and it, gas. it used to have some coal mines and stuff like that, but it's primarily oil and gas country. And uh, they were like, well, there's one one operating coal mine in, in Beattyville. And I was like, well, I would like to know where it is. Yeah, because, we don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the coal trucks quit running, the, the coal trains quit running through there, because my dad used to, you know, run the trains through Beattyville. And uh, you never see them anymore. That was always my, my brother's excuse for, like, why he came home so late when he was out getting high somewhere. Mom was like, where the hell have you been? He was like, Mom, I got caught by the train. I got I got behind the train. And, and, you know, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and she was like, oh, okay, all right. Then we'd been at a basketball game, you know, over at 9 o'clock. And, uh, but, it, yeah, so, but I basically told him, I was like, you know, the Red River Gorge is what, you know, is, is close in, to Lee County and you should go there because it's a big tourism hub and stuff like that but it ain't cold country um, but yeah that that's how we met him I see that and I thought you know, like I said I mean, you're, it didn't surprise me he was following y'all but I was like there had to be some way that you know that it happened I was just kind of curious how, how yep. it happened apparently that's going to be airing soon they, they told us it would be out sometime in December so yeah, we, let we us know if you see it we hadn't heard of the the show, but it's called Ride on ABC, <coughs> and um, I was like, I don't know who all would even watch it, and we got on our flight to come home, and it was on the plane. We were like, well, I'll be damned, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> and his guest that time, when we watched it on the plane, was Dave Chappelle. And I was like, damn, I wish Dave Chappelle would have come on our episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a, like a you know, semi-famous uh, Latino actor named Clifton something. And he's been in movies that you would recognize him from, but, yeah, I, I can't remember his name. For this one for P. Diddy Payne over there. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a song that comes from southwest Virginia. It's called Dying to Make a Living.
this year too many too many times really um but uh but if they'll pay you to go but if they pay you to go you know we will show up we will show up to your birthday party for 50 bucks um (laughs) but we've been over there a bunch and they've got a huge like history with coal mining that we didn't really know about and the more and more we got to talking to them you know the more that we learned that they are kind of in that post coal society and it's what, you know, this area is kind of dealing with as well. Like coal is kind of on its way out. And we're all kind of scrambling and holding on to it for dear life um, because we're we're proud workers. You know what I mean? Everybody here, you know, nobody wants to be without a job. People want to work. 
but a lot of the things that we have to do, you know, kind of cause us to, we're dying to make a living, you know, dying to survive, and uh, hurting your bodies, breaking your bodies, doing back-breaking work, and, uh, but we went down to the uh, the Black Jewel blockade over the summer, and, and hung out for the afternoon, and played some music, and played that song for them, and it was really cool, you know, it was really cool to, to see that, to see like a, a, a you know, good old-fashioned protest happen and still happening. They stopped a train, you know. They they stopped a CSX train, and they had a million dollars worth of coal, which is a drop in the bucket. I mean, you know, how many how many millions of dollars of coal do y'all reckon you all have hauled out of here? Exactly, you know, and and for that, you know, that company had written them not one but two cold checks, and so these people hadn't been paid in six. It took them six weeks to strike. You know, they had not been paid twice, so they fooled me once, shame on you. Fooled me twice, shame on me, and so they did something about it. My brother was good buddies with one of them guys that worked up there, and he had went on a trip with his family, like in the port or something. Oh, that was him. Yeah, and he was stuck down yeah, there. That's true. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah he didn't that have any money to get home. Oh. He had money in the account when he left and got down there and didn't have nothing. And he had made purchases. He had all these overdraft charges and stuff. I mean, he was in worse shape than... Yeah, I heard about him. Yeah. There must yeah. be because he took a vacation right in the middle of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, stuck, I can't afford stuck. to be here. <laughs> yeah. You used to talk about uh, England and the coal and stuff. I, that was something I didn't really know myself. Yeah, we didn't but either. One of the first shows I ever done, back probably 13 or something like that, I had a guy from England, his name Sean Taylor, he sent me a CD that he put out at the time. And it was just a bunch of just, they had the same problems yeah, that exactly. we have here. Exactly. And I mean, it might... The wording and stuff might be different, and kind of from yeah. what you're used to, whatever you're hearing, but it's the same problems, the same Yeah, absolutely. There's <coughs> dirty practices everywhere. I'll tell a story real quick about Fallon. We uh, was out of town there last week, and she was driving, driving me home, and we got behind a big old truck. We passed him, and he passed us. She passed him, he passed us. She said, I wish to God that coal truck would figure out what he's doing. I said, Fallon, it ain't a coal truck. She said, well, what did you call it? She said, it's a semi. I said, well, it's a coal truck to me. I said, it says J.B. Hunt on the back of it. I said, it's a tractor trailer. I said, I don't know if it's hauling coal in there. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> we don't call them soup beans. We call them beans. <laughs> It's, it's primarily like England and uh, and Wales have a pretty heavy coal industry, and they do a lot of you know surface mining. And it was interesting, like we were using our our GPS, and you could see on the GPS all of the strip mines everywhere. They just call them like open face or open surface mining, but um, they are dealing with pretty much the same kind of parallels that we are, and. We would tell them like we would we would share a song that I wrote called Cigarette Trees, and the mountain the Martin County sludge pond disaster that happened 20 years ago, and it's just you know like decimated this town. And by sharing our stories and stuff, it had them tell us some of theirs, and they're dealing with the same damn thing. Like there was a, a 
place called Abervan in Wales where there was like a big mudslide because of um, of the loose footing from this surface mine and it had destroyed and demolished an elementary school. Yeah, it's on The Crown if you watch it on Netflix. Oh my God. Is it? Yeah, Is it's it? On, yeah, oh, well. Wow. Wow. Really? It yep. de- it destroyed You're so cultured. an entire generation. You watched the crown. You watched downtown Yabby? No, I don't. Well, the outfit he's wearing didn't come from London. <laughs> <laughs> Pendletons. But yeah, we we learned about like instances like that, and there's you know, there's there's many more than that, but to to lose an entire generation of people at the hands of somebody just trying to make more money and like looking at you like you're not a person that you're just a way to make more money is really really sorry um you want to sing a little something because yeah. i sound like a crazy person <laughs> just a little <laughs> this is one we recorded on the gospel album went to, uh, I'd say a lot of people, uh, but there's a ton of people that listen to this show. Uh, We have been in England, we've been in New York, we've been in Florida, we've been in all kinds of places where somebody comes up to us uh, and says they heard us on the Old Soul Radio Show, and I think that's amazing. In New York? Yeah, we got, I got recognized at a club in New York, and somebody said, oh my god, are you Montana Hobbs? And I was like, uh... <laughs> who's asking? <laughs> yeah, who's asking? And they were like, "Oh, we heard you on WB Walker." And I was like, "Really?" So this show's got some reach. Uh, it's really cool. Colter told me a story. He said, "I don't care where I go in the world." He said, "I don't care if it's Europe." Yeah, we. I mean, we went to Sweden, and somebody was like, "I, I listen to you." Yeah, he said, I've, heard, he said, I've heard WB Walker pronounced in more. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool, you know, um, and it, it, it's cool to just be like, yeah, no, he's our friend. <laughs> we don't just go down there to to do this podcast and get out of there. You know, he's our friend. But we went to <coughs> we went to college at Moorhead, uh, Moorhead State University in Kentucky, and um, I joined and did not know um, as it goes shit from Shinola about the banjo or anything like that about traditional music or anything like that and Linda was already in the program and da 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 but one of the first people I met at that program was this uh, this kid named John Rogers and he was one of my first friends and I think it was really because he had a crush on me um, you know how you become friends with people that you got crushes on that's the way to get in when boys try to become your friends yeah um but he (laughs) he was and and he really like showed me a lot of cool music and and, you know uh introduced me to a lot of cool people and he's since passed away now um but the first time i ever heard this song he played it at the at one of the kctm concerts and it's still one of my favorite songs and uh we put it on the album because uh it's a don stover song and we love don stover and also kind of in john boy's memory It's called Things in Life.
Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a great song. I got asked to sing a funeral the other day, and uh, I never thought I'd, I'd start being asked to be like a funeral singer. It's horrible. It's it's an awful job. It, it's oh, terrible. terrible. I've done um, the one one year anniversary of the UBB mm. memorial. Mm-hmm. God, that'd be tough. And Jesus. They read off each name, individual, and they rung a bell. Good God. And I'm standing up there getting ready to sing. They said, when we sit, when we hit the last person and ring the bell, you start. Oh, God. You know. What'd you sing? Minor soul. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, as soon as they hit that last bell, I was like trying to pull it together. You know, I, I mean, every time they ring a bell, you the audience was the families. Uh-huh. Yeah. So every time they ring a bell, you could just see you know which family it was because they would just collapse. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and, man, it was... Did you get through it? Yeah, I made it through it. I made it through it. sunglasses on. Yeah, I wore sunglasses. Inside the building. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to. You have to yeah. so no one looks at you. It's awful. One time we were singing at a funeral, and 
Um, it was one of my favorite little students I've ever had. It was her granddaddy's funeral, and he was, like, who got her into traditional music and stuff, and I was so close to my granddaddy, so I just could feel for her so bad, and just seeing her whole family tore up, and Montana's pretty <coughs> consistent when we when we play music. She always sits on the left side, but that's fine, because I'm you notice it always now, right, yeah. but um, <laughs> we, we showed this up. This was the one time in my life that uh, me being insistent on, like, no, I have to be on this side. Really came back and bit me in the ass. Because it was an open casket. <laughs> and we didn't know this man at all. You know I what knew mean? him. You knew him? You yeah. met him? Okay. But I was standing here. She was standing there. there we were at the podium. And when I looked, I, I was like, I can't look at the crowd because they're all they're grieving. You know, they're, they're crying. And it's I'm a sympathy crier. <laughs> if I see other people crying, I start tearing up. And so I was like, I'm just going to look at Linda. Well, I couldn't look at Linda because right behind her head was this man's open casket. So I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna close my eyes." <laughs> and it was it was bad. It was stressful. It was it was bad. But speaking of like uh, mind disasters and songs, have you ever? Uh, do you know about like the Scotia mind disaster, like Letcher Letcher County? Our friend uh, Larry Webster, who wrote the song High on a Mountain on the new album, he wrote a song called Under the Hill about the Scotia mine disaster. It's a really good song. I don't know if I could sing it right now because my voice sounds so crazy, but I can try. Let's see. Let's see if I can. Before my time, my good woman's waiting, knows not that she will be raising our babies alone without me. Under the hill, in the bowels of the earth, dying at Scotia, what is that worth? Will there be?
cotton always will And forget her young lover lying under the hill Under the hill in the bowels of the earth Dying at Scotia, what is that worth? Will there be any mercy for a minor like me? What compensation for my little family? What compensation for my little family? Yeah, and that Larry Webster wrote that. Yeah, I played his Christmas party last year. Oh man. <laughs> When I was growing up, my uh, my dad's mom, my mom Betty, she she told me about her her daddy. He got crushed in the mines. And he was, I think, late twenties, something like that. He had six or seven kids, and you know, imagine it was tough. My mom Minnie, she remarried my papa Garnet Curry, and uh, and he helped raise them kids and stuff. And he was a good man. I remember him. He died when I was probably ten years old or so. Garnet. Garnet Curry. But he, uh, like I said, my, my papa, the one that got killed, it was a long time before I was born. I believe it was long before my daddy was born when he passed away. But I told my mamma one time, I said, I, said, I would like to meet him. She said, you look a lot like him. She said, you look a lot like him. She said, I can see similarities in your personalities and just everything. She said, a lot of times I look at you, I think my daddy. And I said, I wish he never went in that coal mine. I said, I would love to meet him. And she said, son, I'll tell you this. Said he done what he could to make a living for his family. Said if he would have made it out of there, and there was any possibility, he'd went right back in that mine. Because it's what he done, it's what he loved, and that's the kind of man he was. She said that you shouldn't look at it like that. Said he was doing what he could to make a living for his family, and if he could have, he went right back. So a lot of folks, you know, around here, you, we were talking earlier, but there's places all over the world people's familiar with coal and, and things. But it's just. A lot of these men, it's, it's all they know, and, and it's it's in the blood. It's a lifestyle, and, and I've I never I never wanted to go underground, and it ain't because it's something I didn't I had a problem with. I just knew I could handle it. Claustrophobic. I'd get down there, and I'd, I'd probably couldn't be able to do it. But anybody that does that for a living, my brother does it. My, my dad done it for a while. Both my grandpas, great grandpas, and stuff. I. I really think the world anybody that not only does that for a living, but anybody that uh, does whatever they have to do, no matter how dangerous it is, to make a living for the family. Appreciate y'all playing that. Amen. Well, we got another one, I think, that uh, speaks right to that as well. <coughs> yeah, we, we, during that little break, we were like, well, what, what else? can we do what else should we do and we said well let's just let the conversation guide us you know what I mean and that's uh this is almost uh exactly that um our new friend Terry over here he knows our good buddy Jimmy McCowan Jimmy McCowan is one of our um one of our he's a great influence on us that th that song things in life he plays that one and makes me boo hoo cry 
He's also just one of our dear friends. He's yeah, he's a great mentor and a great friend. I think it was last summer at, um, in, in Whitesburg, Kentucky, uh, Cowan, Creek Mountains, Cowan Creek Mountain Music School, which we teach at. We've been teaching at for several years now. It's a music camp for all ages, kind of celebrating and teaching the, uh, the music of the traditional music of Kentucky and also West Virginia and, and Southwest Virginia and this region and a lot of the music that makes it up. And the great thing about Cowan Creek is that it's, you know, there's people there that like carry on the tradition as well where they don't just play the same old songs um they write their own songs like don rogers he's a great uh songwriter and i'd call him a traditional music songwriter (coughs) and jimmy he uh i heard him singing this song that his mother wrote and her name was frona mccowan and he was uh yeah yeah and uh, his mother wrote it, and it. he grew up in Pike County, and apparently it's based on a true story. And the Octavia Coal Mines was, where about was it? It was in uh, Pond Creek. Pond Creek, that's Octavia what I thought. Octavia Triangle is where they turned the engines. <coughs> they would pull up, had a while, like down Wolf Creek or something. Mm-hmm. Had a while, then back the engines up and turn their own. Mm-hmm. Little steam engine. So I didn't know about that. I didn't know that that was like a, you know. But this was about um, this man was working in the coal mines and he had heard rumors that his wife was running around on him. And then he came back and asked and said, you know, what's this I hear? And she got mad and cussed and and said, well, well, I hope I never see you again. I hope you go to work and the slate falls on your head. You know, just saying stuff that you don't mean in an argument. And then he went to work that night and that's exactly what happened. And uh, Jimmy's mother wrote this song, and it's just a beautiful song. <clears throat> we just recorded this not too long ago, and maybe by the time that the podcast is out, we'll, it'll actually be out in the world. <coughs> but we paired it with a, a traditional song that, um, that we learned from, from Rich Kirby and Michael Klein. They... They put out an album of Cole songs at one point called You Can't Put It Back. And um, they included this little number called My Sweetheart is the Mule of the Mines. And it's just like a little ditty. And they put it in front of that song, 30-inch Cole. But we decided that it would be really nice to put it in front of Octavia. Sweetheart's the mule of the mines I drive her without any lines On the bumper I sit I chew and I spit All over my sweetheart's behind Way back in Call him Willie. He's a work. 
So long, turkey. One day, we was, I was at work, and I can't remember where I was going, but Turkey used to be an old train conductor years ago, and, and he uh, he was doing a little side work, working for the company the railroad used, the taxi company, to haul us around and stuff. And Turkey was hauling me somewhere. I can't remember where I was going, but I had a, a shirt on. And he said, what's that shirt mean? I said, what do you mean? He said, support Appalachian artists. <laughs> he said, what's that about? And I said, well, a friend of mine makes these shirts up. Uh, to support Appalachian musicians and stuff. Me and Turkey started talking, and I said, well, I said, I got a shindig coming up here in a week or so, and come on down and listen to some music. And it's kind of funny. Melissa had an idea to do a shirt, and it let me and Turkey become friends and, <laughs> and things like that. And that's what I'm saying, just the smallest little thing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes can connect the dots and make things kind yeah. of come full circle. So, And we know half the people that he knows. I know, but <laughs> it's funny, like you... Don't know somebody, but once you get to know them, you realize it's just it's unreal the, exactly. the similarities and the people that you have in common. <coughs> yeah. So that's small world. small world. That's how I got to know Turkey through an old T-shirt that a sister of mine gave me. <laughs> you wanna try to do um, Life's Railway to Heaven? Uh, I could try. Uh, <coughs> let me look at the mm -hmm. words. There was a song that I mean, you might you all might be familiar with it. Um, do you know that hymn, Life's Railway to Heaven? Yeah. yeah. I was showing it to Montana the other day. And I, was, I was thinking we could sing it. I love the second verse. I do too. Yeah, that's one. That's my favorite verse too. Um, Good guitar song. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great, um, great song. That'd be befitting. There's a lot of... A lot of railroaders in here. WB, do you know this hymn? Yeah. I just kind of discovered it. I think well, I, I don't know it, so. I think I'd heard it a long time ago, but I was like, oh, that would be great to do down at WB's. We'll try to get through it. And all different styles of music have covered it. It's really neat. Life is like a mountain railroad With an engineer that's brave We must make the run successful From the cradle to the grave Watch the curves that fills the tunnels Never falter, never fail Keep your hands upon the throttle And your eyes upon the rail Blessed Savior, Thou will guide us Till we reach that blissful shore Where the angels wait to join us In Thy praise forevermore Upgrades of trial, you will cross the bridge of strife. See that Christ is your conductor on this line and train of life. Always mindful of instruction, do your duty, never fail. Keep your hands upon the throttle. 
and your eyes upon the rail. Blessed Savior, thou will guide us till we reach that blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in thy praise forevermore. As you roll across the trestle, spanning Jordan, swelling tide, you behold the Union Depot into which your train will glide. There you'll meet the superintendent, God the Father, God the Son, with a hearty, joyous plaudit. Weary pilgrim, welcome home. Blessed Savior, thou will guide us till we reach that blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in thy praise forevermore. In thy praise forevermore. <laughs> I just recently discovered that that song, and I was like, man. It's been, I can't tell you. I remember hearing it, but it's been years since I've heard it. Kind of, I remember how good There's like a Kentucky Colonel gospel band that, that did it, and they had a really great version of it. I think I have. They put out some records back. Mm-hmm. I got some of their records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, that's a really great song. Thank you. 
configuration a lot because it's hard to travel with so much stuff and uh, we play a lot as you know a duo or a trio and getting back into playing electric guitar whole different whole different animal that's some heavy picking heavy handed <laughs> um you want to do 
Andres CVD? Since you're on guitar, Andres CVD? Yeah, I had an idea though. Oh. I can't remember what it was now. closest thing we got to a Nirvana song, alright? Damn it, you all. I think it'd probably just be qualified as a classified. But it's credited to Lead yeah, Belly. It's, just, it's like the Carter family, you know. They they discovered all kinds of songs, and then A.P. Carter put his name on it. So it's a traditional song, but um, the Carter family owns it, basically. You know, they're a state. But I kind of feel like Lead Belly probably wrote that one. Sounds like some people are out compared to the
some some one of those words. But I didn't scream it, so maybe that was why. I always take the Kurt Cobain. Not much of a soul there to start with. That's why, that's why I had to get rid of my one stars. The bottom fell off of the top. Shoot. I'm still going to get you. Shoot. What do you say uh, in men's or a five? Yeah. Okay, I've been looking. Girl, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you called us while we were uh, driving in the rain in England. We needed it. <laughs> We needed it for real. We were we were like, oh god, and then Linda answered the phone, and I didn't know who it was, and I was just about to say, "Who is that?" And then I heard your voice, and we were both like, "What up? What are you doing?" <laughs> <coughs> but it's funny because when we had the idea to come out with this gospel album, we both said we like it was in production, and we were like, you know, everybody does these release parties and stuff like that, and. Uh, we were like, well, what do we want to do for that? How do we want to, you know, debut it and, and show it off and stuff like that? And I swear, one of the things we said, we said we should go to WB's and have a release party for the gospel, like do an album release party at the barn. And uh, it was just hang out and play gospel Well, if songs. you remember, I, one of the first things I thought of when I seen that you all was putting out the gospel, you remember the last set you done at my anniversary show was the gospel set. Was it? Yeah, and we yelled oh, at everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We yelled at everybody, too. Everybody, I mean, That's typical. Y'all saw it in Denver. Yeah. We yelled at everybody in Denver. Yeah. yeah. Saturday night, everybody drunk as hell, and I wanted y'all to play gospel. So yeah. Speak to you what I wanted to hear. <laughs> we told everybody we were having church, and if they couldn't behave themselves, they needed to go outside for the rest of the Higdens. Family, you went out. You want to do um, S-A-V-E-Ds? Yep. <laughs> this is another one, another one on the gospel. Go to parties every night 
Big W-I-N-E And then they'll have the brass to say They're S-A-V-E-D It's G-L-O-R what to know That I'm S-A-V-E-D I'm H-A-P-P-Y Because I'm F-R-E-E I once was B-O-U-N-D Was a chain of S-I-N But it's V-I-C-T-O-R what to know I've crossed with them song she's like why would you all sing songs that people just can't understand <laughs> she, it made her mad pissed her off yeah i got a public school education and i i, I understand it just fine <laughs> man i haven't thought about hooked on phonics in years <laughs> there was a we played that song the other night in whitesburg at apple shop and uh our friend Rich Kirby came up and told it, he, and he told me this before, but I forgot it. And uh, there's another verse to it. Oh, yeah. That song's by the Blue Sky Boys, and I'd never heard the other verse. <clears throat> and it, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It's it's incredibly hard. It's like it's great to know I'm sanctimonious. Oh my god! And you spell sanctimonious, <laughs> and then I can't. Re- and I know I had to say, Rich, what are you saying? And he said, sanctimonious. S A N C T I. I can't even spell it. <laughs> and, and sanctimonious. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I know what it means. I don't think I know what it means. <laughs> and uh, and then the last one is it's great to know that I'm H O L I E R than thou. It's great to know that I'm holier than thou. You don't have. MD, he's all right. He's ornery. Um, he's ornery. He uh, he gave me forty dollars the other day and then immediately asked for it back. So that's about how he's done. Yeah, I called him an Indian giver. 
was scared of snakes together I was riding high from toes to crown My head held up and my heels thrust out That's the way I carry myself today Throw me in the thicket when I die Let the earth reclaim my body Let the worms devour my insides It's fed me now for oh so long I'll feed it for days back on it For all that's worth to you I'd bet the farm My daddy said he'd die upon his farm For the time even Ground. Somebody hauled him into town Still I place little tractors on his grave Throw me in the thicket when I die Let the earth reclaim my body Let the worms devour my insides It's fed me now for oh so long I'll feed it for days back on And for all that's worth to you I'd bet the farm
can't tell For heaven bound, you're bound for hell Life is short, so I lived it well Away with my soul, away Just a couple more. Um, thank you all for coming. You too. You too over there as well. You all had to be here. But um, we, you know, we listened to that uh, whenever you you called and said. I want to do like a you know play the whole album on the show, and I don't rare I rarely ever do that. And we listened to that while we were driving around rainy ass England again, <laughs> and uh, it you know because <coughs> with you know you know when you record these kinds of things you you listen to it over and over and over and over and then you get so sick of it and you don't you think it's not even worth putting out or anything like that and then it sits on a shelf for a while and then. Then when it comes out and people are listening to it, you go back and you listen to it and you think, oh, well, it's not as bad as I thought it was. So <laughs> that that kind of gave us, like, you know, when we were riding around in the car, it was the first time we had listened to it in its entirety together, and it was on your show. And um, the whole thing with it, you know, and it's cool that we've got to come down here and do this live show to talk about these some of these songs and, like, the whole thing about this album was we wanted to put out a gospel album that we wanted to listen to and that we thought our friends would want to listen to. Even though, you know, we're not particularly religious, you know. Um, but we are particular. We are particular. And, and peculiar. And peculiar. Yeah. And a little choir. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, it, you know... And and we've played it to places where people come up and they go, oh, we're all atheists around here, and I'm like, well, that's fine. That that don't that don't matter really. Claw, claw, claw down. 
that don't matter really because it's not about faith. It's not about religion. It's not about like witnessing to people and trying to sell somebody on religion. That's that wasn't the idea at all. It was more so let's make something that is a stamp in time of some of these songs that have moved us and that even if you're not religious and you don't believe in a damn thing, you can be moved by something like that because whether you, you know, nobody is exempt from death. Yeah. You know, it life and death us together. Life and death are the only two things we're promised in this life and most of gospel music is just about that, the gift of life and also the gift of death. Um because g- death can be a gift a gift in a lot <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know. It costs a lot of money to die slow. Um but yeah, and we've we like to explain that to people cuz like when we when we were coming back from your anniversary show. That's exactly when it was. Your last anniversary show that we played, that we did the gospel set. I remember, because this was all Linda's idea. <coughs> and my dad, we had been, we'd been with Coulter or something like that, and we ended in Huntington at the V Club. And my dad drove to Huntington. There's nowhere else to go after that. Yeah. <laughs> that was an end of the line, isn't it? <laughs> well, you're going to go home. My dad, my dad had come all the way up to pick me up because she was going to stay in Huntington. He'd come to pick me up, and he came to the anniversary show. And I remember it was like <laughs> 4 wait. o'clock in the morning when we were driving home. And we got to talking. I was trying to talk to keep him awake. And I was like, you know, I think we're going to record a gospel album. And he was like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I've been through this as well because I went through the same train of thought. And uh, I was like, yeah, but, you know, and I gave him my pitch. I was like, it's not like a religious album. It's like, you know, uh, a presentation of, like, uh, you know, religious music that came from the American South. And uh, he's like, I don't think it's a good idea. And I was like, well, we're doing it. You know, Linda talked me into it. She likes to get her way. And I guess, you know, I'm just going to give in on this one. And uh, he said, you know what, Um, honey, religion is a funny thing. I said, yeah, I know. And he said, religious people are funny. I said, yeah, I know, you're right. Well, he said, and them religious people may not think that you two girls are nearly as funny as y'all think you are. <laughs> and I was like, you think we're going to be blasphemous? He was like, well, I don't know, are you? <laughs> and so, like, we put Plastic Jesus on there. That's, yes. probably, that's probably not a gospel song to anybody but us, maybe. Um, yes. You know, but, and and this next one we're going to do... It might not be a gospel song, but it's the funniest song that we know. Um, and it's like, you know. I grew up on that song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My mom yeah. sang it all the time. And yeah. it's a testament to, you know, religion is a funny thing. All over the world, it's it's a funny thing. Um, it's something that connects people. It's something that divides people. Um, a lot of wars been fought over that. Yeah. And, and music is a similar thing, you know. It connects people, and a lot of times it divides people, too. They say, oh, I don't like that kind of music you listen to. Yeah, this little girl came to my door the other day in tears, you know, trying trying to get me to come out to her church, and she was so nervous about even asking me. She, like, came to my door and was just like, will you come to my church? So awkward, and I was like, um, well, you know, uh... We we got to talking about, you know, how we were raised. I was like, well, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and old Baptist church, and she said, um, well, um, well, we we believe different things. And I was like, well, I don't know. I feel like 
we all kind of believe in in similar things. Maybe we just got a different name for it. And she was like, no, no, no. We believe in different things. And I was like, I have a gospel seat. Get off my Get porch. out of my face. <laughs> Get out of my fucking face. <laughs> I love gospel music. I'm I'm very moved by gospel music, and it is like the thing that it's like a therapeutic thing for me. That's like how I soothe my soul. Is I I drive around and I listen to like old regular Baptist lining out stuff. It's the craziest thing. It's funny. Like I'll pull up to like a stoplight and somebody will be listening to you know something on uh, top forty radio. And if I had just rolled down my window, they would have no idea where they were. Because it's like all kinds of old old Baptist singing and stuff like that. And I'm just so moved by, by music in general. But I think that, you know, death connects us all. And that's the, that's the hidden meaning under a lot of gospel songs. And it's a, it's a really special thing to be able to be compelled by something. And it's even better if it makes you laugh. Yeah. It's, it, it's all, you know, it's all about life and death and being thankful for, for what you are given and, and, you know, trying to act right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the basis of all, of all gospel music. And, you know, if everybody would tr- at least try to act right, we might be, we might be all right. That holy book with that casual fashion look. He split the first church of God. He split the first church of God. He split the first church of God. The old people said it would never be done. He split the first church of God. Thank you. 
but it was not like Tammy Faye. He split for a shirt to God. He split for a shirt to God. He split for a shirt to God. The old people said it would never be done, but he split for a shirt to God. The old people said it would never be done, but he split the first church of God. I, I was thinking about it just when I was singing that about kind of, you know, hypocrisy of religion and whatnot. And one time I tried to tell my mom, because she, she was dri- we were driving around late at night, and she said, I just feel awful I don't go to church anymore. And my mom's very religious and, and you know, would call herself a, a Christian. And she, she said um, that she felt really, really horrible for it. And I was like, well, you know, think about it in... Maybe you don't have to have an organized thing. Maybe you can find your own thing that's church for you. I was like, you know, me getting together with people and my friends all around the country and just sitting there and playing music, I'm getting some of the same things that I'm getting in that church. I'm getting fellowship, which is one of the biggest things about about organized religion is having a community. And um, my mom was like, nope. Uh-uh. That's not good at all. You need to go to church. And she hasn't been to church since then either. So that right there is hypocrisy. Right there. Yeah, and uh I just remember she got on she was like, Mm mm, that's not that's not good at all. <laughs> my family owned my family owned a beer store in uh in on the on the Lee and Wolf County line. And I remember because I I grew up going to church too and then after a certain point I only went to church with my grandparents. And Same. I, and I never knew what that was about until I got older, is that they got a new preacher uh, at our church that we went to, and my mom would go to church with me. Mad dog never went to church, unless it's for a funeral. And even then, he's uncomfortable. He stood in the back. Yeah. And uh, But we owned a beer store, and I remember, well, I don't remember it, but she's, my mom definitely does, because she said that that new preacher came in and started preaching about the perils of alcohol and how alcohol was so evil and anybody who uh, did business with alcohol or something like that, my mom was sitting there like, what in the fuck? Because we were the only people, you know. The only ones. And we were the only ones. And she, She's trying to make yeah, a dollar, damn. She, she was like, well, I ain't never going back there. And she didn't. She never went back. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Even Jesus drank a little wine. I, I remember also like, when I kind of stopped going to church. And I mean, like, I, I have my own spiritualities, and I think a lot of people do. Everybody has their own opinions and, and you know, what they hope. And uh, I, I said, Mom, I can't wait to go to heaven so I get to go get to see all my old dogs that have passed on. And she was like, Honey, dogs don't go to heaven. <laughs> and I was like, Fuck this. <laughs> and I didn't go to church, like, ever again. I haven't been to church in years. It's funny you say that. Because it tore me up. I was like, Well, I don't want to go there. I was just saying, She's never seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole movie about it, Mom. Disney says otherwise. Well, I'll tell you the way I've always looked at that. And I ain't saying that, that just because somebody, 
<laughs> somebody wrote it in the Bible means it's true. But this is the way that I've kind of looked at things like that, and it's the conversation I actually had with my oldest boy last night. He started, we put the Christmas tree up, we had ornaments and stuff like in memory of dogs who had died, and cats that's had died. And he mm -hmm. said, a dog don't got a soul, a cat don't got a soul, he said. Well, no, he's right about the cats, but now the yeah, dogs. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he just getting to the point, you know, he said, I hope someday, he said, if I do go to heaven, he said, I can see we had a bulldog named Harley. He said, I'd love to see Harley. I said, well, you know what it says in the Bible, buddy? He said, what's that? I said, it says in heaven, the lion, the sleep of the lamb. I said, maybe that's just a way to put things that bad people and, and, and the people that were bad and people that were good will be one of the same. I said, well, maybe it means that animals get to go to heaven. He said, I never thought of that. It kind of gave him a little bit of peace of mind. Oh, yeah. good. Good. So funny. Live music makes me closer to God than like going to church. Usually. Absolutely, yes. I feel I feel the same way, and I'm also just somebody that like when I have a conversation with, you know, <coughs> when, I, when I'm having a conversation with the Lord, it's something that I'm having with within myself, and something that is just for me, and I don't necessarily think about it as something for other people. Good people don't go to church. It's not yeah, 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 yeah. And that's just one of the interesting like things about it. Sometimes I've been in places that wasn't religious, and I felt religion more than I ever have. And I've been in places that were religious at church, and I've felt sorrow and pain for people because one time I was at church, and this old man walked in the back door, and he's he's homeless, didn't have you know just nasty, dirty looking, and he walked in and sat down, and he wasn't causing no problems. He wasn't. Asking nobody for money or nothing, he just sat down and listened to the gospel. And they got up and asked him to leave. Oh my gosh! And I think that's one thing that stuck yeah. out in my mind. I thought, why in the world would you do that? Yeah. Because if you look at the, you know, if, when it comes to the Bible, when it talks about who Jesus always associated himself with, it was uh, murderers and thieves, murderers and thieves, yeah. and drugs, and sinners, prostitutes, the leopards, the people that really that, 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 that maybe needed to hear mm -hmm. what he had to say or whatever. And I just. There's just so many self-righteous people in this world, and just kind of just like the photo laid back. Just I just wish everybody was good to each other, and yeah. the world would be so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I talk more about God over beers than I had in church. You know? More meaningful conversation. Yeah, I mean, like with me, I mean, there's I don't know how many beer signs hanging up in here, but I do have some religious stuff up in here. You know, I've always considered myself a God-fearing man, but at the same time, there's a lot of religion and stuff in this world that. Yeah, the way I look at it is I, I don't fault anybody for having religion or um, or, not uh, having or not having it yeah. because some people need something to hold on to. Some people need that faith, even if it's blind faith or if it's faith that has been pushed upon them. They need something to explain why what we're doing and why we're here and uh you can't fault anybody for that really? trying to find comfort you know got, as long as it don't promote hate hate exactly, exactly. Yep. exactly. yeah exactly i got some good friends that goes to church every sunday and i got some that don't believe in nothing at all right. and I love exactly all right exactly good. i mean right. good people's good people that's why i've always come with that and that was one of the reasons why we wanted to do a gospel album was we just wanted to showcase that you didn't have to have any faith in anything at all to uh, to be compelled by a gospel song 
that just like, <coughs> you can think of this as 12 great songs or you can think of it as 12 great gospel songs. You know? Like on the way here, we passed all kinds of churches uh, that were just <laughs> Not a lot to, of good church signs, yeah, though, not outright. Not a lot of creative church signs, but, you know, it's, it's wintertime. Everybody gets the, everybody gets the blues. Maybe they got early. Yeah. <laughs> but we passed all kinds of uh, churches that were full, had full attendance, and... Uh, I think in this climate, too, not to get political or anything like that, but we also passed a lot of um, Trump signs. And I think when people from the from all over the world, when they're looking at this area, when they're looking at Kentucky and West Virginia and Virginia and stuff like that, they're looking at just as that, these uh, Christian people and these, they, they think we're small-minded and closed-minded and... Uh, bigots and racists and stuff like that and they think that religion propels that and that's why we all we all voted for trump and that's why he did so well here but it's it's not that at all it's it's that sense of community and that sense of tradition and uh, that's why we wanted to do these songs is because these songs gave people something to look forward to in the next week if you had to work in a coal mine you know what I mean? And and you didn't know if you'd make it out of there every day. What are you going to look forward to? You're going to look forward to going and, and praising with, you know, your family and your friends and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's it's sorry, like, on the worldview where people identify the word, um, you know, Christian as, as a lot of people think that means closed-minded. And that's that, to me, is pretty sorry. Or just religious. You yeah, know? If, you, if they think you're religious in any way, they think that... Um, that you have this tunnel vision and you can't see around that, and I and I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think everyone should believe whatever the hell they want to believe in. That's the thing I've, I, there's so many people that, that folks can paint a label on somebody and say, "Well, he believes in this side of politics, or he believes in this side of politics, mm-hmm. so he must feel this way, or he must feel that." I way. can't relate to him. Yeah, I, I mean, just yeah. Yeah. everybody's different, and everybody has their own beliefs and stuff. I just hate how just because. People can lump one person and think that that he's just this or she's just that, and they, just, they don't take the time to get to know the person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always bothered me. You know, they thought it was an unreligious song, but today's the anniversary. John Lennon died. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you want to do? Um... <laughs> you want to do one more song? Yeah. Let's close it out. We gotta get out before dark, WB. It's a it's a long way out of here. I told uh, told Montana I had uh, me and Fallon had this conversation there a couple weeks ago. We was talking about just stories and stuff, and I said, you know, in the Bible it talks about there's there's a lot of angels walking among uh, on earth and stuff and things like that amongst people. And I said, do you think there's really angels here that uh, people don't really know they are or whatever? She said, I don't know. I said, sometimes I just think about that. I said, I wonder if people, if you do meet, necessarily don't have to be an angel. I said, but do you think it's meant to meet certain people to have a uh, an impression on you to maybe make you think different or make you realize that things ain't as bad as you might think they are? Mm-hmm. And she said, I, I, I'd say that's probably probably true. We went yesterday. I had to, like I said, I had to, to get stuff right for today. I had to pick up some things from the store and stuff. You got it right, too. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Two buckets of KFC. Uh-huh. <laughs> Melissa brought the chicken and I cooked the beans. Beans are real good. Yeah. I appreciate it. But we, uh, 
I got up yesterday kind of early. I told her, I said, I have to go to Walmart and, and Kroger's and stuff and pick some things up. And she said, well, Weston, want, he needs a haircut. And I said, okay. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, after you get out of ball practice, just call me, and I'll meet you, and we'll go have lunch or whatever, and we'll take him to get a haircut. So that's what we done. I picked up everything I needed, and uh, she met me over about the time I got done. So we went and eat at Dairy Delight there in Logan, a little, little restaurant. <laughs> Oh, that place has good ice cream. Yes, they do. <laughs> it's got, oh, yeah. that place has got amazing dogs. ice cream. Oh, English buns. Yeah. But we uh, we got some food and sat down, and, and this old man walked out of the bathroom, and you could tell he was homeless. He was dirty, nasty. I mean, he just, you couldn't hardly tell what color his skin was. He was so dirty. And he sat down beside of us, and and I guess everybody can, sometimes will think that, that the worst of people. So I was thinking, well, this old guy's going to bum me for money or ask me for something. And he sat down beside of me and he said, I'd like to get a few dollars to buy me a pot and a cake. I said, you hungry? He said, yeah. I said, well, what do you want to eat? So I went and got, he told me he wanted a hot dog and a Coke. So I went and got him a hot dog and a Coke. And he sat down, he sat across the booth from us and we was talking and stuff. And he said, do you, do you go to church? I said, yeah, I go. I said, I don't go as much as I probably should. I said, but yeah, I consider myself somebody who goes to church. And he said, that's good. And I had two of my boys with me. He said, do you take your boys to church? I said, yeah, if I can't. My mother-in-law does. And he said, that's good. And he said, how old do you think I am? And I really couldn't tell. He Looking, looking at his <laughs> eyes, he didn't look really that old, but just somebody like that, you really can't tell. You know? mm-hmm. So I was trying to be on the, the lower end of the spectrum. I said, you about 50? He said, I'm 72. Yeah. I said, well, buddy, I said, you look good for 72. Life's been good to you. And he said, well, the Lord's been good to me. I said, buddy, that's good. He said, I don't got hardly nothing. He said, but I've lived a good life. And he said, I, he said, that's all I can ask for. He said, I'm still here. So, buddy, I said, I mean a lot to me that you look at things like that. I said, more of us should maybe think like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, do you pray? I said, yeah, I pray every night. Every day I pray. I pray for family, folks I love, and I can also say when you girls have been out away from here, I've prayed for y'all and safe journeys and stuff. And he said, well, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, my name's James Markham. He said, I'm from some, from Madison Creek. He said, uh, you pray for me and you tell anybody that uh, that prays to pray for me. So I'm going to say this. I know a lot of folks that listen to my show, you might not pray, and there ain't nothing wrong with it if you don't. But if you do and you can remember the name James Markham and keep that old fella in your prayers, he wanted people to, to think about him and stuff and uh, that being said past week or so I mean I've since things kind of happened with work and stuff I've kind of been sometimes in a, in a bad mindset and I let things get to me that shouldn't I let little things that shouldn't bother you maybe bother you I guess we're all guilty for that letting things that really ain't important get to you when you shouldn't oh yeah and uh, after I met that old man or after I seen him yesterday so Fallon, I said, remember that conversation we had about meeting people that make you realize that things ain't really that bad, maybe? Mm-hmm. She said, yeah. I said, well, maybe it's meant for me to meet that old man today. And so that, uh, I just kind of wanted to share that. That just happened yesterday and, and uh, made me realize that no matter how bad you think you got it, sometimes it can be a whole lot worse. Right, that's the truth. And be thankful for the things you have. Yeah. We thought it might be nice if we all sang a song together.
be just like we're in church if one of y'all would just scream really loudly out of tune over <laughs> over everybody. There's there's always one in there. Carter family song.
Thank you all. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to you two girls. It, uh, it means more to me than I could ever tell you how much y'all come here today. Uh, I needed this a lot. Just thank you for, not just for the music, but thank you for being a couple of sisters of mine. I love you to death. We love you too. We, love you. we all need each other, don't we? <laughs> we'll drive all the way to Dingus, West Virginia, just to be with each other. <laughs> I'm surprised. Th these people out here that listen on the radio, they don't know how hard it is to get to Dingus, okay? Now, no, they, just, we, they just hit a button came and they're up, here with you. They're here in the barn. We came up through Moses. In Dingus, Kentucky. Remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? Moses, Moses Ford? Moses Ford. Moses led us all here today. <laughs> and we're so grateful. Thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. and tuning in and we hope you have a a blessed day a blessed sunday if you will. absolutely a blessed sunday to you right we'll here from you dingus there. kentucky we'll see you next week <laughs> Ow. Ow. Yeah, time sure does fly by when you're having fun. In other words, you mean we've been here about as long as we're welcome? Yeah, I reckon it's about time to get our satchels and go, Hank. That's right. Friends, we'll see you again in the morning. Until then, this is Hank Williams saying best of luck and health to you. Thanks for listening. If the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll see you in the morning. Lola, put the coffee pot on, put the biscuits in the oven. I'll be there right away, if not sooner than now.